friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and I'm so grateful and honored that you've chosen to tune in today. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant, engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. One of my favorite things to do is to email subscribers with the headline, You Won, in all caps, by the way. So to be on that VIP list, simply text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway to the number 44222 right there on your cell phone. That is spelled R-E-A-L-T-A-L-K Giveaway. And I randomly select winners for the guest books and just by being on that list, you are entered to win. Today's guest, Rachel Macy Stafford, is a writer with one goal, to help people choose love as much as humanly possible. Her latest book is Live Love Now, Relieve the Pressure and Find Real Connection with Our Kids. She's also the New York Times bestselling author of Hands-Free Mama, Hands-Free Life, and Only Love Today. She's a certified special education teacher with a master's degree in education, an in-demand speaker, and a beloved blogger who inspires millions in her weekly blog post at handsfreemama.com. So let's go ahead and jump into that conversation that I had with Rachel. Well, hey, Rachel, welcome to the show. Hi, Rachel. Good to be here. It's always so fun to interview. Wait, I don't know. I actually (laughs) don't know if I've interviewed another Rachel. I don't think I have now that I'm thinking about it. Yay, I feel special. (laughs) Yay. And my show producer's name is Rachel also. So sometimes I I think people think I'm talking to myself when I'm like, hey, Rachel, you know. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So now we got three Rachels listening in on the show today. That's awesome. That's awesome. I Um, love it. That's so fun. Except for your name is actually spelled the way you're, I guess you're supposed to spell it. I mean, that's how you spell it in the Bible. (laughs) My parents decided to be extra and throw an an A in there, which, you know, when I was a kid, I hated it. I don't know why. You know how you look back on your childhood and you're like, why did I hate having an extra A? I think it's because people always spelled it wrong. And to this day, to this day, people spell it wrong. And now as an adult, I guess I'm secure enough in my identity that I'm like, eh, yeah, you misspelled it. Okay. I, no problem. But when I was a kid, it always bugged me. So anyway. That's understandable. Random, (laughs) random side note tangent. I'm coming back. Okay. So I like to, (laughs) um, the guests are like, oh no. Or the the listeners are like, oh great. This is how this one's going to go today. So (laughs) something fun I like to ask my guests is what's something about you that we may not have read or heard on your professional bio, random fact about you? Let's see. Well, I have a funny story that relates to that. So my husband loves to tell the story that we had been dating for at least four years and and he was at my house at at Christmas and he said, he loves to tell the story that my parents were like, hey, Rachel and Rebecca, that's my sister, go get your instruments and play something. And Scott was like, what? You play an instrument? And so Rebecca got her flute and I got my violin and we played something. I'm sure it wasn't great, but he thought that was so funny that he'd known me for all those years and I'd never mentioned that I play the violin. So that's a fun fact about me. And my sometimes my daughters will say, get get your violin out. And I'm like, oh, I'm sure I can't play it anymore. But it's one of those things that just sticks with you. <laughs> so it's true. It's like riding a bike. It just kind of comes back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
That's cool. That's exactly. A, that's a really fun fact. You know, I've thought about if somebody asked me this question. I'm like, I don't, I don't have many like random hidden talents. I don't know what I'd tell people about. <laughs> think about that. One. That's I cool. had to think before I spoke. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Okay, so you have written your fourth book. At the time we're recording this, it has not yet released, but by the time this episode releases, it will have just recently released, and it is called Live Love Now. Tell us a little about that. So this book was inspired by classroom visits. I am a special education teacher, but I haven't been in the classroom for like 15 years. And as God does, he kind of opens doors that you wouldn't expect to be opened. And so that's what happened. I I was invited to come into classrooms of middle schoolers and share about my career. Well, I felt that was an opportunity not to just talk at them, but talk to them. And I was able to, over time, collect hundreds and hundreds of index cards with the question that I asked after every presentation about my message was, if you could give the world one message, what would it be? And I was not expecting that question to create the response that it did and to open up this way of communication, this way of knowing what is on the heart of a lot of our teenagers in the world today as they navigate things that, you know, we didn't have to navigate. And so as I kept collecting more and more cards and hearing really powerful truths and painful truths from our kids, you know, God just really put it on my heart that this was not something I was supposed to keep to myself. And that is why I started writing this book, which also calls me to be extremely vulnerable and honest about my own struggles and how I got through and still to this day are working through a lot of the struggles about being being human and and connecting to my heart and to the people that I love when there's so many obstacles in our way and that's that's really where the book was born. Yeah. Did you notice any recurring theme in those index cards that you were collecting? Yes, I did notice a recurring theme and those actually I have six chapters in my book and those are the most common stressors that I heard from teenagers. Many of our kids feel unheard and unseen. Mm. So like they feel like a lot of people don't really know them, don't know who they are. They don't know their pain. They don't know their struggle. A lot of our teens feel isolated mm. and rejected. And I go into what areas where they feel that comes from in my chapter there is this sense that they can't really be a kid. There's no time for that playing and laughing and having fun because it's go, go, go. This high-pressured society that we live in, I heard a lot of my parents don't think I'm capable. They don't let me try. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that chapter ended up being called micromanaging mm-hmm. <laughs> because – A lot of kids feel micromanaged, that they can't really explore their true purpose, their passion, because of the 
narrow definition of success and the and parents who hover because of their own issues about control and perfection. And then also there was another theme about wanting to do, like wanting to find their purpose in life in an authentic way, not by being forced to do things that their parents want them to do or that their community says, oh, this is what you're cut out for. This is what you're going to do. And so that's that that creates a sense of helplessness to know that you're on a path that is not authentic to you. And that doesn't really spark any feelings of aliveness. So those are all stressors that were articulated in the index cards that became my chapters for my book that we take a deep dive into. And then we have hope in knowing how do we get through, how do we overcome these stressors and come out stronger? Yeah. I love that you are tackling this topic because as a marriage and family therapist in training, I'm not graduated yet. I see all these things you just listed. I'm writing them down over here. Unheard, unseen, isolated, rejected, wanting to find purpose, you know, in an authentic way. I see this in adults, you know, and it, you yes. know, it's like, if you don't, address this stuff when you're younger, it doesn't magically just vanish into thin air. <laughs> you know, I think we exactly. think that, you know, I think we think, oh, that's just a teen thing. And they might express it a little more outwardly or in different ways, you know, but yes. adults, like it's still there. That inner child is still there begging to be like seen and heard and all the things that you just mentioned. So this message you have is yeah. so insanely yes. powerful because it, it it's generational is what that is. So that's awesome. Well, and you'll you'll appreciate the aspect of my book is not, you know, the main theme is this is what our kids said and this is where they're hurting. But it takes the reader as an adult to go alongside their child and their teen as they navigate this so that, like you said, you can actually heal that inner child that didn't get that direction, that, that acceptance, because like you said, it, it, it sticks with you for the rest of your life. And then you start repeating the patterns with your children. So this book, my hope is that will break some of these damaging cycles so that we can heal and companion our children through this really tough territory. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen this or not, but I, I can't even help but wonder if sometimes why there's some resistance of parents wanting to walk, walk alongside our kids and do this is because those issues trigger something in us, you know? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, you nailed it. And it is, it's painful. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, when you, when you take that inner look in it, that look within and you acknowledge there, these are the behaviors. These are the messages that I'm sending that are damaging. Why am I sending these messages? Well, because I'm saying them to myself, but, but what I say in my intro is the truth is not the end. The truth is the beginning. Mm. And when you see that truth that yes, it is painful, but that's where your new beginning starts. That's where you be, you you can begin to change because then you can make new 
choices. And that's what this book is filled with all these little small steps that you can take once you bravely acknowledge this is not working. I am not where I want to be. I am very far from connecting with my child or my partner or myself. Now, how can I change? And that, I hope, will be found in those pages. Yeah. I love that you just said the truth is not the end. It's the beginning. I think that is a powerful truth that we all need to hear. It's it's just such a way to release the way we view coming coming to reality with things. So that's so good. You had mentioned... Well, there's, I have so many questions for you. We haven't even gotten Hmm. into my questions for you. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You had mentioned that one thing that you really love to talk to kids about is their purpose. And I would love to hear your, your heart and your thoughts behind that. Cause I've read some of your thoughts behind it and I just, you do a better job of explaining it than I do. Oh, sure. Well, it's very interesting because as I was researching for the book, something really resonated with me. And that is William Damon. He is a Stanford professor. And he said, it's not so much that our kids are overly stressed. It's that they lack a sense of meaning. And when you do put a child on a path that is not authentic to them, You're going to have, you're going to see depression, you're going to see anxiety, you're going to see symptoms of stress. And then you think, well, why is that? And a lot of people don't want to say, I wonder how I've been leading my child away from their true authentic self, Mm -hmm. because that's, that's where we find purpose is going, going toward what our heart calls us to do. And I I like to say that we don't find our purpose. Our purpose finds us when we show up bravely, boldly, flawed, and full of hope. And so I love to talk to kids about what makes you feel alive. What is something that you do that just kind of almost makes tears come to your eyes because you you love it so much. What's something that brings you so much peace? And I love to ask that question when I go into classrooms and I'm always just amazed at what these kids are thinking about what they love to do, what dreams they have, you know, and then we get to, well, how are you supported in that dream? And I'll never forget a little girl. She wasn't, I shouldn't say little. She was a seventh grader and she loved making these YouTube tutorials. And I think, I don't know, it was an array of different things that she would discuss. And she said she had a pretty good following and then her parents made her shut it down. And she's on her card. She wrote, When I said, if you could give the world one message, what would it be? She said, my parents have taken away my dream and they just, and they don't even know it. And it broke my heart because I know her parents did not, they were not meaning anything damaging that, that, that was not their, that was not their purpose. I'm sure they were trying to do what they thought was best for her, but that was something that gave her 
life and and excitement and and she was good at it and she and it built confidence you know so that was really important that I spent a whole chapter on stepping back so our kids can lead by by their heart you know I I love to write as an as an eight-year-old it was what gave me peace what made me feel alive but when it came time to choose my career, I chose the thing that I thought everybody expected me to do. I chose the thing that I knew, well, I can't fail at this. So it wasn't that I didn't love to be a teacher. I loved kids. But I, I, I for 25 years, I existed with this hole in my heart because I was not writing. Mm-hmm. And so when I go and I talk about that with kids, oh, their hands go up. They want to talk about that. They want to talk about this is what makes me feel alive and I can't do it because there's no time. I'm I'm so maxed out. My, my calendar is maxed out that I can't do the things that I want to do. And so that that's just a message I really felt like I needed to get out there. And, you know, back to like, why do we sabotage? You know, there's this, this idea like, well, I have to keep up with the Joneses. I have to make sure it looks like my child's, you know, doing, doing something successful. Like he can't be a gamer. That's, that's not, that's not, you know, looking like a, a, a career that's successful. See, those are the things that we say to ourselves and it's our fear. It's our insecurity that then holds our child back from becoming their authentic self and finding their place in the world. And so it's all interrelated and it's it's really fascinating when you when you start to connect the dots and you start to see ooh okay this is why I'm doing this it's really about me and my issues and I don't want to pass my issues on to my child. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's so, so powerful. You know, I always tell guests or even when I'm on the show, sometimes I feel like these podcasts are for me first and foremost, like, and then, and then, and then other people can listen in later, you know, but um, (laughs) it's kind of funny, but you know, just being vulnerable with you here, I have had a lot of wrestlings with hosting this podcast because it is a lot of work and it's a lot of time. It's a lot of energy. And, and by the way, if anybody's ever wondering, you don't get rich off of being a podcaster, you know, like (laughs) there is some money in it, but it's definitely not, you know, you know, retirement funds kind of thing. So I've had wrestlings with that of like, Lord, why am I really supposed to be doing this? And even just recently, I, I felt him say, Rachel, if you gave that up, you would be like dying on the inside because to me, hopping on this and doing this right here, it's like a total get to for me. Like I, mm-hmm. I could be having the worst day in the world, but then I'll hop on a podcast interview and the rest of the day. I'm like full of energy and like, I just had so much fun. Yeah. It's just my, it's, it's my sweet spot, if you will. And yes. it looks like podcasting, I have no in real life friends who podcast. I have a lot of online friends now who podcast, but it is a very different thing to do. You know, it's just not the norm. It's not the, you know, it's kind of outside the box. So one of the reasons, and and this is circling back to what you just talked about that, you know, you'd mentioned that a lot of parents will kind of 
help, you know, hover over our kids and out of our own fears and insecurities, maybe discourage them and, and take them away from some of the things that God has put on their heart that make them come alive um, out of that. We've never let ourselves pursue those things. You know, it's almost like sometimes, yes, we, yes, sometimes, yes, yes. sometimes we feel selfish to let ourselves pursue that thing that makes you come alive when really... Oh. What, right. if, what if it's, you know, exactly what our world needs, right? And so. Well, and, and like you said, you know, you're, you're offering a modeling, an example of what it looks like to, to listen to the calling of your heart. Because like you mentioned, doing a podcast and all that's required to have a successful podcast, that is not easy. That is stressful. And you're doing it because it's what your heart is calling you to do. And then when you show up, you receive validation and that connection that keeps you then going. And I think that's so important because I mentioned William Damon, who studies pur purposefulness. And one thing that I really found interesting is if a child is doing something that's meaningful, meaningful to them, like you're doing this podcast you can withstand a lot of stress. You can overcome a lot. You, you can keep going if it has meaning. Mm. And so that's why, you know, we're, we're setting kids on this path and they're stressed out and there's no meaning. Well, they're going to have hopelessness. But when you set them and say, go, do, go where your heart leads. And they're doing pretty tough things. Like I have a daughter. She's a, a songwriter. She's 13. She's working on an album. This is not easy for her, but she is overcoming the stress, the, the hard work, the adversity that comes with that because it has meaning for her life. And so I love to share that about purpose with people because then they say, oh, I get it. And that's why I'm willing to go to these links to share my gifts because it has meaning for me. Yeah. Oh, it's so, so good. I love that. And, you know, we've kind of talked a little bit about, you mentioned earlier how you, in the book, you share about some of your struggles and things like that. When did you share with your daughters about, you have two girls, right? Yes. Yes. When did you share with them about your struggles and when do you think it is the appropriate time to, to tell, talk to your kids about, you know, those hard, hard things and those struggles that you've had? Yeah. Well, I finally shared the real truth of my struggle with Natalie, my oldest, when she was seven. And I had gone through about two years of some really, really desolate feelings. And I realized in a moment that I saw she had made a mistake and I took it out on her and blamed her and yelled at her and I came and found her in her room crying and I said something to her that I've never said that I never said to anyone else and that was I said Natalie I'm mean to myself mm -hmm. inside and when I'm mean to myself then I'm mean to you and I'm sorry and I want to change. And I, I told her, I don't know how, but I'm going to pray for a small step in changing the way I talk to myself so I can talk to you with the kindness and love that you deserve. 
And I remember that she stopped crying. She didn't feel scared by that information. She, she had this look of hope. Mm -hmm. And I realized, okay, maybe my humanness doesn't have to be this deep, dark, scary secret that I have to hide. Maybe by being human and I allow her to be human. I allow her to see what it looks like to stumble and fall and ask for God's grace and ask for God's direction. And then we get back up and we can do this journey together. And that, that the book chronicles, you know, then what it was like for the next eight, nine years of her life and how this has equipped her in ways that I can't even imagine you know, it, it's it's a gift to be able to be human with your child so they can be human with you. I hope you know you just set some listeners totally free by what you just shared, especially that part about talk about supernatural spirit led words to share with your daughter that I mean to myself on the inside, which is why I am being mean to you. Holy cow. What a revelation. What a just bondage breaking statement to say like that is powerful 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 and even just like you said showing her that you're human also and it's okay to be human and it's okay to like that is so so powerful one of the things that you like to do actually as a bit of a stress relief is you like to go on walks right Yes. From that for a long time. How have you helped your girls create their own refuge and and stress relief place? So that was something that was part of my journey in really stepping back and letting them lead to show me who they are rather than me saying, oh, she's really good at this. I think she should be this. Or I've always wanted her to do this. I this is what I'm going to sign her up for. You know, so I really started learning and listening. I called it loving them by their book. You know, what do they have to show me is aff- uh, is affirming to them. And to give an example with Avery, she's my 13-year-old. And I coined the term noticer from watching the way that she goes through life. And early on my journey, when I was very productivity oriented, perfectionist, controlling. She, she and her personality were a thorn in my side, to be honest. You know, we didn't have time for all of this stopping and noticing and just enjoying life, which is so sad to say, but that is the truth. And I watched as my, my ways, my driven ways, diminished her and her light. And so now this is, this is not something that happens overnight. Let me just reiterate this. You have a seed of truth. You, you begin to become aware. And then this is weeks, months, years. And I, I will still backtrack in my, in my ways of, I'm a, I'm a very productive person. That's I've based my worth on my productivity my whole life. So this is this is a learning process for me. But around the second wave uh, with Avery of I'm dimming her light, I realized she needed a refuge, a place where she could go to be herself. And she was 
always drawn to music and she'd been playing her ukulele. And so we made this little room in the house, her music room. And she would go in there and she would play for a while. And then I would come in, not as a critiquer. I thought, you're not going in there to tell her she's doing this wrong. You know, that's an important part about letting our kids be who they are and find themselves is you're not you're not there to grade them. You're not there to be their evaluator. You're there to be their encourager. And so she ended up saying, like, I really enjoy making music, but I'd like to to do it for someone. I'd like to go somewhere and share. And so we started going to a nursing home. And the first time she went in that nursing home, I'll never forget how she just walked up to these poor lonely souls who hadn't had a visitor in months their their shoulders were slumped over and she walked up to each one put her hand on their arm hello i'm avery and then she began to play amazing grace and you could literally hear a collective sigh of relief in that room that song touched a memory it touched their soul and it was like their shoulders even rose and I thought oh my god thank you this child is here to bring this healing music to these people and she's radiating they're radiating and I think to myself what if what if I had continued to put her on the path that I thought she should be, or I had critiqued her guitar playing and she thought, I can't please this woman. I'm, I'm not going to do this. So I thank God that I was able to step back, release control and let her be who she is because in that nursing home, there is no timetable. There is no schedule. You don't have to check boxes. She is the perfect person to be in that place. And that is what we need to just trust that each of our children have a place where they can radiate and they can bring healing to people and let God be the guide of that. Not, not, we don't have to, to do that. That's not our job. We're there to encourage Oh my goodness. I love that visual illustration and that story. That story's going to personally stick with me forever in parenting mm -hmm. my own kids. So thank you for that. That's beautiful. Yes. Um, you mentioned just now and a few times that you are kind of coming through this journey of perfectionism. And I'm curious, what would you say to yourself eight years ago from where you are now in this journey on releasing that mm -hmm. perfectionism? I mean... I just think, I think we just need to tell ourselves it's going to be okay. Trust that you are where you need to be right now. You don't have to be anywhere, do anything. Just trust you are where you're supposed to be and you are loved just as you are right now. I think that so often our anxiety, our pressure that we put on ourselves is because we don't think that we're good enough. We don't think that 
we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. But what if we were told you don't have to do anything more than what you're doing right now? And, you know, sometimes I'll be praying and I'll just feel like God sees me right now where I am and says, you're okay, Rachel. Mm -hmm. You're okay. You don't have to have this figured out. Just know that you are seen and you are loved and I see you showing up and you can just be. And that's what I would say to myself. I, I mean, I say it to myself now. You are okay. It's going to be okay. And when my husband's father died a couple years ago and he, my husband Scott, went through a very, very hard time and he was not himself and he would overreact about small things. It just wasn't him. And one day he said, I'm sorry that I just did that. And he said, next time, will you just tell me everything's okay? And I just think, especially right now in the world, we're all just feeling lost and scared and overwhelmed. And we just need someone to say, it's okay, you're okay. And so I started doing that with my husband, just like he asked. And I would, he would be like having a overreaction, like I can't find my socks. And, and it seems so silly, but you know, when you're deep in grief, those little things will set you off. And I said, it's okay. And I wrapped my arms around him. I said, we'll get through it. And I just think there's so much power in those words, and we need to do that for each other right now. It's so good. I hope you guys can feel the peace and anointing through this conversation. There's so much just power that's being released today. I wanted to finish by asking you this question, but I think you just answered it. And if you didn't, you can. I wanted to finish by asking you what would be on your index card of the one mm-hmm. what, what message you could tell the world is that the is that what would be on your index card yeah i i would just i just would tell people you know love love yourself as best as you can in any way that you know how just love yourself and that love that you that you offer yourself it will ripple out that's just a beautiful, I feel like love is a new beginning. And we say, how can I love myself today? Maybe it's starting with a big glass of water and just saying, I'm going to, I'm going to start this day with this water and I'm going to think, I'm going to drink it. And I'm going to think about what I'm grateful for. I'm going to think about how resilient I am. I'm going to think about how much my body's endured and it's still here. And then you think with that love you give yourself and that acceptance you give yourself for where you are right now, instead of, oh gosh, I didn't do this, this, and this, or, oh gosh, I just really wish I could get these 10 pounds off. You know, we start each day with telling ourselves where we're falling short when we should tell ourselves where we are showing up Mm. start your day with a little bit of love for yourself and when I get quiet and I get still which is not 
comfortable for me because I'm I'm a go 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 person. But when I get quiet and still, that's when I hear God say things to me like only love today, nothing else matters, just love. Mm. And I start with myself, and then I fill my cup, and then I have it to to give my family. So love yourself today, people. You are worthy. You you don't have to do anything to earn that love. You are loved. Period. And and done. That was beautiful. Oh my gosh, that's so good. So beautiful. Before we hop off here, can you tell everybody where they can connect with you online? Yes. So handsfreemama.com. And I spell mama, M-A-M-A. So handsfreemama.com is where my blog is. And that will connect you to my book that's coming out on April 28th. It will connect you to my Hands Free Revolution Facebook page and my Instagram, where there's just a beautiful community of people who are all just trying to show up and let go of all the things that are keeping us from living and loving right now. Awesome. Well, Rachel, thank you again for taking time to come on the show. I'm really excited to release this episode to the listeners. Oh, I appreciate you, Rachel. Didn't you just love Rachel? Make sure to connect with her online and grab a copy of her new book, Live Love Now. And I want to say a special thank you to Loved and Blessed. They've been a huge supporter of this show since day one. Please go visit their website and find a box to gift to someone who could use some encouragement in their mailbox. They're absolutely my favorite place to go for gifts, so just head to lovedandblessed.com to shop. All right, friends, that's all that we have for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.